It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. What's good, Wizards fans, and welcome to part two of our episode with Wizards Mafia. We're going to talk about the young core and then preview the Wizards versus Dallas Mavericks game for Thursday night. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Wizards Podcast. It's your host, the real Ed Oliver. My guy, Brandon Spot, Brandon Scott, back with part two with our guy, Wizards Moffin from State of the Wizards. We just want to thank you guys for listening and make sure you guys check out LinkedIn. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on MBA. All right. So the hot commodity, of course, is the young guys, the young core, Tommy Shepard's draft picks. Uh, for the past couple of years, um, which which guy? What do you think about Trump, Tommy Shepard's draft and so far? And what have you thought about the young guys? We can break them. You can break it down one by one. Uh, which which has impressed you the, the most so far? Um, and Johnny Davis is in the G League. He did have a really good. He had a, a better showing in the G League the past two games, so that's good to hear. Um, yeah. but what are your thoughts about the past three years of, of drafting? And which which player has stood out to you the most? Uh, well. I like Rui, obviously. Um, I think that <clears throat> I think that his uh, his draft picks have been C average. You know, you know these guys, in my opinion, you know they they have the ceiling. Like they have so much potential to be much better than they have been. But I attribute this also to the culture and the organization. Uh, you know, when when these guys go out there and they perform they're doing what's asked of them. And I don't think that the wizards, I think that the wizards, they put certain um, criterias on guys. And I think that, you know, they, they have rules for, I don't want to say rules, but, you know, they have like, um, you know, you know, how they get better, basically like pr- production sheets, like, you know, are they getting better at this? Are they getting better at that? Are they improving, right? So in my opinion, I think for each player, I think for Rui, for Denny, for uh, Kispert, you know, they have to live up to that in order to then gain more minutes, you know, get the the, the trust from the coaching staff. And, you know, that's that's a job with, that's a job within itself when you have to meet those type of conditions. Right. So you can't you're not you're not just going out there free, willing, playing basketball and enjoying the game. You're trying to do things that the coaching staff is asking you to do. That's what you're focused on. And um, I just think that, you know, that's more of a detriment to these guys personally. But uh, I'm also wondering, 
you know, why did Tommy Shepard draft these guys? Did did he see something in each one of these players like I see them, like you see them? Or does he think that these guys are just role players? Because you drafted them and then you brought in guys to play in front of them. So it doesn't make any sense. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, um, I mean, you got Wes Huntsville Jr., you know, he kind of he kind of tells you what he thinks about him, what happened, you know, Anthony Gill. And I like Anthony Gill. You know, I, I call him yeah. the Nick Collis and the Wizards of the Thunder. Um, but, you know, having Anthony Gill start over your young guys is is definitely questionable. It's, it's an eye-opener. It's kind of like, you know, what do you really think about the, the past three guys that you drafted yeah. that, you know, you're going to start Anthony Gill over? Now, they did start Corey Kispert just because, of Bradley Bill being out and Bradley and Corey did a good job. I think they've all shown flashes at points. Rui's good at the mid-range. Denny's become a defensive specialist out of nowhere from last year. Um, Johnny Davis is, you know, a work in progress. We got to see what's going to happen with him. Um, but yeah, like you said, I think they all are average guys and none of them have shown like elite all-star potential. Right. Um, and it's kind of like, you know, the development process, you know, Denny, they're trying to make him into a three and D wing. That's just not his thing. You know, he's more of a ball handler. You saw the way he played in Israel. Of course, Eurobasket is not going to always translate to the NBA, but that's just where he's better suited to handle the ball, bring the ball up um, some from here and there and, and be that that guy, a playmaker. That's, yeah. that's where he's best suited at. And I just don't see that being implemented on the Wizards. And I don't see a lot, a lot of opportunities for him doing that. And he's not. He's not a great three-point shooter. He's struggling to shoot from the three right now. That's kind of the role they want him to be is a defensive stopper and a three-point shooter. And then Rui, you know, he's trying to get it where he can. And then Corey, you know, he's just been in and out of the lineup this year with injuries. Um, and, and, you know, he's, his three-point shooting is coming along. He's still a little short and flat. And then Johnny Davis, they they try to play him at point guard when he's not a point guard. So it's just questionable developmental, kind of like what you said. They have their own type of developmental process where they want – you said – they want them to fill out their sheet of, or I guess like checkbox marks of where they want them to develop, to develop at instead of, you know, kind of looking at what their strengths are, where they drafted these guys. What's Johnny really good at? What, what is he best at? But we're going to try to make him uncomfortable and play point guard. So it's just the developmental process is, is definitely interesting from Tommy Shepard and Wes. Um, so it, it's just, you know, what, what is their identity with drafting? So it's, it's been very questionable from Tommy Shepard to start. I think his trading has been good. But, you know, what what are you really looking for in your draft? Is you looking for them to come in and contribute or be bench rotational players? Right. Do you do you do you see more in these guys or do you think that what they're doing is acceptable? Like, <laughs> like because there's a lot of people that's like, you know, this this is unacceptable. One of these guys should have at least, you know, unlocked some some amazing potential by now. Right. So we should have even we should have at least seen that even. But we haven't seen it. And um, I just think that, you know, this is called locked on wizards, right? So mm-hmm. where's the unlocked on wizards for <laughs> some of these guys? Can we unlock, <laughs> you know, some, some, some star, you know, potential out of one of these guys. And and I think that that's predicated off of what the coaching staff is expected of these guys. And maybe they don't expect them to be stars. Yeah, well, that's the problem, though. I mean, when you're when you're picking in the lottery, you're picking guys that you think have the capability of being a starter one day. You know, you know, I think that their draft, his drafting is weak. It's, it's terrible. You know, of course, you can go back and you can look at most drafts and say, you know, we were in a position to get this guy and get this guy. You know, you're always going to do that. But 
you know, like you said, you hit the nail on the head. I would give it a C plus. You know, they, these guys are good role guys, but out of the four young guys, or really five of you had Gaff, even though he wasn't drafted. Mm-hmm. Out of those, other than Gaff, who did start a little bit the year he was traded here, who do you see as really being that long-term starter? I mean, Denny. You know, Denny, has, he, he's shown the ability to defend at a high level, but his shot is, you know, has he really gotten better? You know, he worked on an offseason. You know, I think, you know, we, we mentioned before when FIBA was happening. You know, the, there was a few injuries, including Denny and FIBA. And you notice that the guys who played in FIBA, their performances have been kind of, you know, outside of Jokic. <laughs> you know, right. so you have to think about, invest. you know, your investments. You know, our yep. team's going to start limiting you know, there are guys going over and playing FIBA or the Olympics, you know, because, you know, I got, I got a lot of feedback where people are like, oh, what about the Olympics? Well, people forget the Olympics used to be college players and most, yeah. you know, most um, baseball, you know, um, you know, they were college players. They did a lot of sports. They're not putting pro players in there because as an owner, this is an investment. You know, I don't know if I want this guy, you know, because if you look at it, Denny, he's not playing up to his standards. You know, you look at um, Rui, he's played well. You know, he, he is definitely a three-level score in this league. You know, mm-hmm. is he going to be three and D? No, no, <laughs> he's just right. not. Now, his defense has improved, but he's not a three and D. You know, Corey Kispert, you know, he has to get some more lift on that shot. Mm-hmm. You know, last season when he came in, his shot release was on the slow side. So mm-hmm. he kind of picked up the speed of the NBA game as a, you know, but he picked it up faster. And this is, you know, and it shows his basketball IQ coming from a program like Gonzaga. You know, yeah. he, you know he has that basketball IQ, so – he was able to kind of, you know, get going a little faster. And then right. Johnny, you know, Johnny, yeah, he's been very underwhelming, but I like, I still like his intangibles. You know, the, it's noticeable that the NBA game is faster. You know, it, it shows he's not, he's not blown by guys like he was at Wisconsin. You know, yeah. it shows he's just, you know, so I think if he can get consistent playing time in the go-go and show some progress and really work on the middle side of, game, of the game and get that confidence, I think we will see some some signs from Johnny Davis being a better player. And and look, I, you know, I like I like what Johnny Davis was bringing to the table coming into the coming into the league. I mean, you know, when you look at a guy like that, you see the potential. You you know, it's just whether or not it translates to the next level. When you're saying to yourself, okay, if we can get that Johnny on this team, oh, we we would you know we would be a problem. But it's all about whether or not it translates and it goes back to, you know, look at the guys that's already been drafted here in front of Johnny. Right. These guys, it's just a slow process. And if if there was proof that, you know, we can unlock, you know, the greatness in some of these young players, we probably would have saw that out of Johnny. Right. Yeah. I think yeah, Johnny Johnny Davis. Uh, one thing I was gonna say too was you know Jordan Goodwin played well and mm-hmm. Jordan Goodwin looking ready, you know, contributing um, and playing just as good as our first round picks. You know, could you look at that as as a as a positive or is it isn't an indictment that Jordan da- Jordan Goodwin has outplayed some of our young guys already? It's only been two games. But, you know, I know I've seen that circulating around saying that, oh, why is Jordan Goodwin coming in looking so much better than Johnny Davis? But you got to think about it this way, too, that Jordan Goodwin is 24 years old. Johnny Davis is 20. He's still young. I, I think it's, it's, it's really a confidence thing with it Johnny. It's, it's a huge confidence thing. Uh, we're going to get a quick word in from, from LinkedIn, and then we're going to get back into the young core. But um, before we do that, this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. 
And these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified, qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Um, trust me, when I was looking for a job, I was on LinkedIn every day and it helped out a lot. It's very easy to use. You can use the app, use it on your computer. It's very simple, very easy to use. But if you're looking for candidates, this is how you do it. You add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on MBA. It's LinkedIn.com slash locked on MBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Also, thanks for making Locked On Wizards your first listen ever today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights. Only Locked On can provide Locked On Sports today. Available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in LA, and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And uh, once again, I mean, the Wizards, they said they're looking for that diamond in the rough. Um, they also got a guy in Quentin Jackson that looked like he may be just as ready as their first round picks or Man. even more ready. So it's, it's just a weird science. You know, maybe the guy that you, overlooked is better than some of the guys that you already have. Absolutely. And, and, you know, Quentin, Quentin Jackson, what he showed in the summer league, I was saying right then and there, he's already better than Johnny Davis. Mm -hmm. Just and and that was, and the reason why I said that is because you can see the energy, you know, you can see when the energy is matching the flow of the game. Johnny right now, the, the the speed of the game is much faster than what he's moving at. And when it's evident like that, that's how you know he's not ready. Yeah, I, I agree. But I, I think one issue I have with um, how they kind of run, 
I'm trying to think of the word, man. Scouting or development. Developing. Yeah, yeah developing. They were, you know, developing these guys. You know, we, we, we've historic, historically, man, I'm not talking about, we have historically been really bad at developing players. And I'm going to go all the way back, yeah. man. Kwame Brown, okay? And I know he's a punchline to people. <laughs> but think but think about it, man. If, you know, he played for the Wizards when Michael Jordan was real. We, you know, we know how Mike rolls. You know, he was trying to turn his team to a playoff team and it just – you know, it wasn't, it wasn't working, man. So he didn't have that time to kind of, you know, the, you know, to reach that potential. Because I think that if he, if they would, if they would have worked with Kwame the way they should have, he could have easily been a 20 and 10 guy. He had that potential. There's a reason why, you know, the, the, the intangibles were there for Kwame. You know, you can go to, you know, down the list of guys, you know, the drafting has just been weak. Well, Jan Vesely, my God. I mean, mm. you know, <laughs> I mean, come on, man. You know, I like to say Bradley Bill, John Wall, you know, those are obviously, you know, obvious picks. You know, I like Otto Porter. I'm a, I'm a Hoya guy. Mm-hmm. You know, was he worth where he was drafted? I, I don't think so. You know, we, we sure, as, you know, we paid him like he was. But so, you know, we have to get bad, get better at developing players. I think, you know, you can look at Quentin Jackson and Gordon, Jordan Goodwin and say, you know, we developed them. We did. The go-go. If you look at the, uh, the Capital City Go-Go last season, th- this was a good team, you know. And if you look at COVID-19 when they hit the team, a lot of these guys were able to come up and, and really play some significant minutes. And, and you know, it, you know Jordan Shackle is another guy. You know, he, he's a shooter. You know, yeah. he, I think he needs to add a little weight, but he's a shooter. You right. know, um, Isaiah Todd, you know, he's got a lot of potential. Now, he's got a lot of work to do, but, the, the, the you know, the potential is there. You know, Vernon yeah. Carey, you know, look, Summer League, Vernon, you know, Vernon Carey was rocking. I mean, yeah. he showed the ability to have a mid-range shot in the rebound and have a little dog to him. So they're getting better in developing players because we were we've been terrible at developing players. So yeah. you know I, that I think if you put Kwame, like if Kwame went to the G League, if they had the G League back then, I think you would have saw a little better Kwame, no doubt. You you know, and and you know maybe maybe we I don't know maybe we're too hard on on some of the younger guys for that for that very reason if we give these guys a little bit more time but truth be told is we we we're so used to young guys not panning out that i think we we have that short clock for a reason because we're just used to it you know it's just it's something we've grown accustomed to and so if we don't see it in three, if we don't see it in two, we don't see it the first year, then we're like, okay, it's time to move on already. And, um, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe you guys have a, a different perspective with that. No, um, yeah, I mean – oh, you, you can go ahead. Uh, you can oh, go ahead. Bad. Um, no, I was just going to say that I think the problem lies is, you know, you see this with football. I'm a, I'm a Commanders fan, so you see there's a lot of Commanders. You know, <laughs> drafting guys or acquiring guys – you know, not so much on the system. You know, if if you're drafting guys for the system, you're 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 utilizing their best assets. You know, right. expecting Denny to come in and be a three and D when he's never been a three and D, and just Correct. trying to create. Yeah, you know, trying to create these phantom positions. You know, bringing in Mont. You know, it's just we got to stop doing that. Johnny Davis is not a point guard. He's not. Why are we trying to create one? You know, we right. try to get Bradley Bill to be more of a guy bringing up the ball, and he can do it, but. Lord have mercy, if he could stop holding on to the ball for 15 seconds, 20 seconds of the clock, I'd appreciate it. You know, we have to utilize guys for their best gifts. Utilize Denny for what he is. He's a defensive stopper. You know, if, you know, I think it's a good thing to be in to where he's not expected to carry a lot of the burden offensively. So, he can, you, know, you know, you can have these off-shoot nights and we can still be successful because his defense is shining. You know, if you look at Rui, 
you know, he, I think on a personal level going forward, he's got to get better on defense. You know, he's got to, because, you know, he often not, you know, on the offensive end, he's a black hole. You know, you, most of the time, if you're dishing the ball to him in the paint, yeah, he's going to shoot the ball, you know, <laughs> very, and I think you heard a podcast last time because we said something about it in the last game, you know, he was, he was shooting, you know, he was passing it out. So I think he's right. listening, but you know, like, you know, like you said earlier, you know, stop drafting, you know, you have to draft for the system, draft guys who can fit your system and come in and contribute right away. Stop trying to bring a guy in based on potential and to say, and Oh, well, you know, change him. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, Johnny Davis is not a point guard. I mean, he's a better point guard than an actor, but <laughs> he's not a point guard. So, <laughs> you know, that's my take on it. You know, you know, draft and acquire for the system, not for what you want them to be. You know what I mean? Now, what I will say real quick is that, um, you know, as Rui starts to progress and West starts to give him more minutes, I think his shot attempts need to increase along with his minutes. I think that's 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 how you see real growth. You know, give these guys, you know, more minutes, give them more attempts at the basket. Uh, you know, if, if Denny's improving ball handling, assisting, put him in more spots where he's able to do that for you so you can see if, hey, if I'm giving him more opportunity to do it throughout the game, then just maybe we can unlock what we're what we're what we're asking for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we saw Denny against Charlotte where he just said, forget it. I'm gonna just take the ball of the court and dunk it. And I yeah. love that from him. That's the that's where he's at his best, just getting the rebound and going, not thinking too much. The thing is he gets in his head a little too much. And that's where he gets in the slump. Right now, he's he's shooting 25% from the three-point line. So he's actually gotten worse from the three-point line. Um, so that's just not his thing. His thing is getting to the basket and getting guys open shots. Rui, I actually want him to shoot him more. Right now, he's tied with Benedict Matherin for the most double-digit scoring games off the bench this year. So he could he could mess around and be a six-man-of-the-year candidate if he keeps it up. And I love him being aggressive. Um, I love when he yells at people. I love when he gets mean and you love it when he gets angry because – like you said, we have too many nice guys. And I think the Wizards have drafted a lot of nice guys. We haven't drafted a lot of mean guys um, or physical guys. We are more of a finesse team. So I do want us to find an identity in the draft. I know we tried to find a shooter in Corey Kispert. Um, I thought he's had some some good moments here and there. He, he's still working on, you know, he'll probably never be a defensive stopper kind of guy. That's not his calling. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I do think we need to draft more athletics. I think Quentin Jackson's that kind of guy. Um, and then with Johnny – his thing is confidence, like I brought up before, too. Now, you said if Kwame went to the G League, I know the media would have just killed us if we would have sent him to the G League. But with the thing with Johnny, I was saying from the – when I saw him playing somebody, I think from the first game, I was like, hey, this young man needs to go to the G League. And a lot yeah. of people were killing him for it or saying it's, yeah. it's such a bad thing. And I was kind of like, I think it's a good thing for him. I know it's not – it's not you don't want to draft somebody at pick 10 and be like, oh, they need to go to the G League. Not but ideal. Like, yeah, it's not ideal, but for him, I was like, hey, let's slow this thing down for him. Let's get his confidence back where he can take all the shots he wants because he's playing behind Brad. He's playing behind Kispert. You're just not going to get the opportunities that you got at Wisconsin where you shot the ball every time you had it. So in the G League, you're going to get more opportunities like that. So I'm actually happy that Johnny's in the G League taking his thing slowly and doing it right now because the Wizards have drafted somebody else that might have been ready to play. Hey. We can debate that all you want, but I think right now I still have some optimism for Johnny Davis. But like I said, as a whole Tommy Shepard right now, he's 
He just hasn't hit a home run yet. And the Wizards need it bad because we're not we're gonna we're not gonna attract a free agent. You know, we're not gonna trade for a big for a big free agent, or or we're not gonna trade for anybody. You know, we had our name in the hat for SGA, DeJounte Murray, um, trading up for Jaden Ivey, any any even the Kevin Durant rumor, all that stuff, Donovan Mitchell. You can look at all those reports and kind of just really throw them out the window because if you're a Wizards fan for years and follow this team, you just know that stuff just doesn't happen. So they have to really hit on their draft picks. What I, and that's and that's another thing, right? So, you know, I see people, you know, on social media all the time. They say, "Well, these guys aren't it," but then when Dejounte Murray's name come up in a trade, all of a sudden they're it. They, right. They're good enough to trade, right? So. How does that make sense? That doesn't make any sense. So now all of a sudden these guys are valuable to you because you see that DeJounte Murray or Donovan Mitchell or even KD, the you know, it was mm. crazy to me to see all the trades that was put together for a package for KD because mm. I was thinking like you were the same person yesterday who said that this guy is no good. So how is he good enough to trade for KD? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, to me, it just it's funny, man. <laughs> yeah, it is funny because I think they kind of overvalue their guys, the young guys. I mean, because how many teams do you see are trying to knock on the door to get any of the young guys? Let's be real. Now, I mean, really, you can see what gets some attention. You know, um, last year, the year before, you know, Miami, Miami's been that team always linked to really. And I think he, you know, I hate to say he'd be a good fit on there, but, you know, really, I think he gets some interest. But, you know, Corey Kispert, I think he still has ways to go. He's got the shot and, you know, the shot still has to get better because he's just getting back. You know, Denny, you know, man, you know, defensive stoppers can't get opportunities in this league. But, you know, with this, with how the NBA is now, it it is a perimeter centric league. You know, even your fives now have to shoot behind the heart. You know, Patrick Ewing ain't in the league no more. You know, I mean, KP. He's a center that sit back there and shoot behind the arc. You know, it's right. it's it's a perimeter game now. You right. know, so you have to evolve or die. That's just you know that's the metaphor. You know, obviously I don't want nothing to happen to it, but you know you have to evolve, <laughs> man. You know, <laughs> you got to evolve. So yeah, the, the the drafting is just ah oh, man. I just I think they overvalue their guys, but again they kind of they're, they're they're calling them, man. I mean you got to be ready to you know send one or two or maybe three of them guys out. You know, stop yeah. holding on to them. You know, if you're serious about contending, you got to get, you know, but to contend, you have to get rid of assets and young players. That's just the name of the game. You know, you Absolutely. can't you can't try to contend and still try to bring young guys along. It doesn't add up because, right. like you mentioned earlier, it's like trying to make a flower bed and then pour concrete on top of it. There's no growth. You know what I'm saying? There's no growth. You can't have, you can't draft the guy to be a two guard and then he's going to sit behind Bradley Bill for three, four years. How's he going? How's he going to develop? You know, mm-hmm. they have to find an identity. Are you ready to contend? Because if you're ready to contend, you got to say bye bye to at least two to three of these young guys. Easy. And, it may be a veteran. And then on top of that, you're demoting guys. You're giving them the start, and then you're demoting them. Like what type mm-hmm. of yeah. what type of message are you sending when you do things like that? It's very discouraging, and it's a confidence killer. You would think that they're trying to do everything that they can to build confidence in these guys, but to me. I would love to sit Tommy down and just ask him, Tommy, when you drafted these guys, what did you see? And I, I mean, I'm, I don't know about you, but I would be very, very intrigued to hear what his answer is because if he's saying, Hey, Decan, I knew these guys were going to be role players. Then at least I'm like, okay, now it makes sense. 
but I don't think he would ever admit that. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, if, yeah. I don't think we would ever get that answer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he likes when they can draw up a play for him. That's one of his big things. You can draw up a play for him and and, and show him show him the ropes. Yeah. Um, and you know, character is a big thing too, which should be for everybody. So, um, but yeah, it's kind of like you know they're they're missing a three and D guy that they desperately need, um, and they're missing athleticism, and they they do need more dogs, which is what they're missing too. So I, you know, it, it's 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 been some question marks with his drafting, um, and we just have to see it. And he's got to make decisions too. It's like you know, you got to pay Rui this upcoming year. Are you going to pay him or not? Are you going to pay Kuz? Or you go pay Porzingis, so you know it's big decisions you got to make. And Will Barton's a free agent, so are you going to keep some of these guys? Or are you going to try to get value for them before the yeah. trade deadline? So it kind of makes a clunky mess that we got here too. You know, guys fighting for minutes like Rui Kuz, they're kind of fighting for that. I mean, I'm sorry, Rui and Kuz are fighting for minutes together. And Denny's, Denny's, you know, he's got his three spot, but Corey Kisser's got to fight for minutes too. So we kind of got guys that are kind of similar. As, as a lot of people say that eighth they're kind of like eighth men rotational guys nobody really stands out so do they really do they need to make a consolidation trade which i think would help so guys can figure out and actually have a real role and not worry about getting pulled out the game if they make a mistake so Rui can get more than just 20 minutes a game or denny can just get more than just 20 to 25 minutes a game agreed and and last season he did the exact same thing you know you had guys under contract you, they was playing in the contract year you know, you had Montrez Harold that was in the contract year. Mm -hmm. You had Dinwiddie who was trying to hit that bonus. You know, as many <laughs> games, no. let me let me play as many games as I can so get that bonus. <laughs> so, so I mean, I don't I don't know what the 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 goal is. I don't know if it's to get these guys to fight. You know, as much as they can. You know, to try to get paid. I don't know if that's the goal, but mm. to me, it creates a selfish culture. You know, you have guys that they know they're coming up on a contract extension. You know, Ku's going to be out there chucking about 20 times a game. Mm. You know, he's like, give me the rock, give me the ball. And I think that was a part of why they did demote Denny. That's just my theory anyway, because, you know, but, you know, that's, that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother day. <laughs> but um, at the end of the day, man, it, it you know, it, it's what they create. It's what they, it's it's their team. This is what Tommy this is what Tommy wants. So um if they you know if if this is their formula for success, then maybe we deserve to be the play-in team that we know that we're gonna be because we're not gonna be any any better than than this. So yeah, I agree. I mean this team's in the need of an identity. It's an identity crisis right now. They need to figure out what their identity is going forward. So we're going to move on. Next question is, this is the 25th anniversary of the rebrand from the Washington Bullets to the Washington Wizards. So you've got Gilbert Arenas, John Wall, and Bradley Bill in their prime. Who do you build around? If you're going to build a franchise around one of these guys, who would you build it around? Oh, Wall all day. <laughs> that was fast man <laughs> wall wall all day give me wall man give me wall i mean mm. I, I love gilbert and i respect bradley bill's game but <clears throat> it's something about john wall that i feel like if you put the right pieces around him when he was in his prime then we could have made some serious noise 
Imagine if we had Paul George. Imagine if we had Paul George in, in 2017. Mm. I mean, we get past <laughs> Do we not? Do we not get past Boston in, in the seventh game? I think we get past Boston. Uh, oh, absolutely. I oh. think I think we at least make the playoffs. You know, consistently. You know, over the last four or five years. You know. Yeah. So. I think I think a hand injury away too. Honestly, when John broke his hand in that one series, Good that's point. a series we should have won as well. I think anyway we should have won that Boston series. Um, John just he just ran out of gas in that game seven. But Paul George, yeah. Um, and that year too, we were giving LeBron and the Cavs some go too. So I think I want to say we won that regular season series, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, no, 100%. I mean, John Wall, Wall way. I mean, this guy put the team on, he put the city on his back for a good straight five years, more than that. Five time All Star, Wall Star. Yeah, man, y'all took my guy, man. So, man, I, I gotta be different. So, let's roll <laughs> with let's roll, let's roll with Agent Zero, man. I mean, look. You can argue there was about a couple seasons where he was the best player in the league. I mean, he was at his at his ceiling, man. He was hitting shots that were like, wow. I mean, he was, I think Gil, I don't think he was as much as a distributor as John was because John was just a wizard, no pun intended, with the ball. It's fine. It was open guys. He was just incredible. You know, the speed, the, you know, driving lane. But Gil had that. Gil had the speed. He can score whenever he wanted. Just, I would, I would roll with Agent Zero. That, that, that was my dude. Oh, yeah, so. I, I said Gilbert. I said Gilbert last time. I said Gilbert last time. But I, I love John. But I, I, I'm going with Gilbert too, just because <laughs> his clutchness. And John was clutch too. But it, especially when John stood on the uh, on the on the um, on the bench after that uh, Boston game, game six. But I, I'm, I'm going with Gilbert too. I'm gonna say this: if if John had Gilbert shot, this wouldn't even right. be. This would be like a no brainer. Uh huh. But Gilbert, Gilbert definitely is more clutch than John. Gilbert was more of a consistent offensive player than John. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just it's just something about him, man. I, I don't know. I just feel like he he just brought he brought butts in the seats, man. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. So before we roll, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a little ex- extension to the question. So if the knee injury never happened, but they were still in the position to draft John Wall number one. How successful do you think a backcourt with John Wall and Gilbert Arenas would have been with both of them at a ooh, high level? Ooh, what a great question. Um, you know, I think that they probably could have won 50 games. If You said if the knee injury didn't happen, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so so if we're getting, if we're getting you know, prime Gilbert, prime Wall, like a young, a young John Wall, I say 50 games in the Eastern Conference. Um, you know, you had Miami kind of, they was, they was running things in the East, but there wasn't really any real comp. So if you had, if you had Gilbert and agent zero healthy, uh, and then, and then eventually you would have added Nene and, and some of those other pieces that, that was a 51 team easy. Absolutely. I figured I'd throw that in there because there was a, you know, Man, so towards the end of Gilbert in DC, seeing him and John Wall on the court, man, it was always that small part of you. It was like, man, I I would have loved to see that backcourt. Just yeah. ah, it would have been crazy scoring backcourt. So we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up tonight. Oh, yeah. But just just get uh, before we do wrap it up, your keys of victory to Dallas tomorrow. We got a couple former wizards coming back. Uh somewhat of a rivalry too. You know, Porzingis 
revenge game against Dallas too. What's, yep. what's your keys to victory uh, score prediction? Uh, my keys to victory, I think that, you know, first of all, we need to get out and run with these guys. I think uh, we need to get those uh, those fast break points up. Uh, we also need to get that assist number up. Uh, you know, and, and we also need to bring the turnovers down. So if there's any way we can bring the turnovers down, the assist number up, uh, we already need. We already know that we're not a good three-point shooting team. So attack the basket, uh, and you know, make sure you're not out there overthinking. Just go play the game. You know, do what Jordan Goodwin's doing. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you said prediction. Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna go with. Um, I'm gonna go with the win tomorrow. Okay. Oh, Thursday is it Thursday? Is it tomorrow? Thursday, yeah. Thursday. So um yeah, I'm gonna go with the Wizards. I'm gonna I'm gonna go 115, 110 Wizards. Okay. Ooh. All I, I just don't let Dinwiddie get over 10 to 15 points. Um don't <laughs> double Luca because we are terrible at double double team. I don't want to see that. Um Porzingis get us a revenge game and um, you know, just I don't shoot a lot of threes for one. Um Rebound the ball is going to be huge for one, and let's push the pace. And I want to see Jordan Goodwin keep it up. I got his winning too. Yeah, the keys of victory. I think team basketball, moving the ball. You know, no ISO. You know, be more fluid with um, distributing the ball. Find the open the shooters. Uh, defending the perimeter. Look, look, you know, you can knock him down. You know, Spencer did what he. You know, he's not an ace, but he, you know, he can hit it. If you give him the shot. And you know Bertans, I don't, you know I don't talk about Bertans, but you know, <laughs> hey, I'm gonna love him. You know he he, you know when you hit him, he can hit him. So hit him on the perimeter. You know show out in the paint. I think we're bright. I got us winning one eleven ninety eight, keeping him under hundred. Ooh, yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. <laughs> so we actually do guard the perimeter that game. Yes, we do. Okay, because so right they're listening. All right, so <laughs> listening. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, again, appreciate you coming on the show, man. Um, before Thank we roll, anything you want to plug for everybody that didn't catch you the first time around? Uh, yes. Uh, make sure you follow me at Wizards Mafia, Wiz Takes on Twitter. Also, uh, follow my main man, DC Hoopla, K Jose, on Twitter as well. And follow us at State of the Wizards on YouTube. Really appreciate you guys for inviting me on and go Wizards. Yes, yes sir. sir. Yes, sir. All day. Thank you for making Locked On Wizards your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories today, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and a ticket today. Available on Odyssey app, YouTube, wherever you get podcasts. Again, appreciate you coming on, man. Spend time with us talking some basketball. Again, check out me and my dude, the real Ed Oliver, on Twitter and Instagram. Like and subscribe on YouTube. Appreciate everybody tuning in and have a good night and peace. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.